Well, yeah. Exactly. So, I mean, you know, a lot of our um, smart devices are often actually plugged into the wall still, but some of them definitely do run on battery. We're seeing more and more of that, yeah. um, um, which is great because that's like less that we have to plug in and have all of these wires in our house, which we love. Yeah. So how will Wi-Fi 6 um, extend the life of that battery? Like, how will that work? So, you know, a lot of, as you said, a lot of our devices have to, keep, have to do keep alive, right, to try and say, I'm still here, I'm still here, don't lose my session or connection. Um, but a lot of the applications, like as you mentioned, IoT, are really, you know, I have, a, I have an alert to give you, so now I really just want to connect. I don't want to, you know, be burning my battery just to yeah. say I'm alive. Um, so, you know, protocols like Zigbee and Z-Wave have been doing that for a while and running off leakage current off, off battery cells. But Wi-Fi needed to do it too, right? Because we really want to have applications where we can have a camera that will wake up and take a snapshot of a picture and then go back to sleep again, for exactly. example. And so we need, we need Wi-Fi for those connections. So Wi-Fi 6 explicitly targeted improving uh, the Wi-Fi protocol and they included what they call target wake time, which is a, an ability for you to set kind of like an egg timer in the device to say, go sleep for a while, I know you're there, and then wake up and, and give me what you need to give me, right? And that then allows the... The, the client developers, like the smartphone manufacturers, the IoT de device manufacturers then, to have their device then sleep efficiently, not use the battery, but then wake up in time to get the packet from Wi-Fi that it needs. Okay. And then I think one of our favorite topics here, not that it's a positive topic, but we just sort of kind of focused on it, is security. Is there any sort of um, upside for Wi-Fi 6 in terms of data security or any kind of security about you know, things that are going back and forth across? Well, generally, I think the, in the Wi-Fi industry and the Wi-Fi Alliance have been driving improvements in, in uh, security with better encryption with the WPA3 standard versus right. WPA2. They're also, you know, in outdoor and enterprise security, we've improved that too from improvements to this technology called Passpoint that allows different users to kind of roam into a Wi-Fi network. Okay. Um, so all, all that's kind of been done um, sort of adjunct to Wi-Fi 6 because a lot of the times we want to try and make it you know, work as much as possible on any Wi-Fi um, client as well. So WPA3 and certainly the, the sort of more enterprise features. Um, Wi-Fi 6 itself um, will, will take advantage of, of the new WA3, WPA3 encryption as well then. Um, but that's, so, already, that's already, the WPA3 is already working right it's, now. It's already a standard at the moment, okay. yes. Yeah, so, but it's it, it, new for Wi-Fi 6. No, it, exactly. But you'll see, you know, most of the devices that will come out will support that day one instead of WPA3 two, for example, right? Because they're in that new space of, of security. Uh, one, one of the areas, again, adjunct to the Wi-Fi side of, you know, the, in, in the protocol itself for Wi-Fi is a desire for consumers to know what's connected on their Wi-Fi uh, network. So what you're seeing is you're seeing a lot of companies um, spring up that are developing solutions for consumers around helping them to um, know that the device that is currently connected to their network is who it says it is um, yeah. and it's doing what it says it's, yeah, it's yeah, supposed yeah. to be doing. So you'll see companies like Cujo, F-Secure, McAfee um, with solutions that do device ID and forensics to be able to tell a user that this camera, this Wi-Fi camera you bought, um, yeah. it's supposed to be sending streams to these two URLs, but today for some reason it started sending it to a weird one right. and sh it shut it down. So that's an important it's not quite in the Wi-Fi protocol, but because Wi-Fi devices allow you now to pop in new devices like cameras all over the place and, and, and so forth, we need to think about layering on top of that new techniques to be able to protect privacy and security of consumers. 
So for you, in your opinion, that's something that needs to be handled uh, probably outside the consumer control. I mean, it's something that needs to be done for consumers as opposed to consumers having to manage it on their own. Yeah, exactly. I mean, in, in, our, in our kind of, um, in our role as, an, as a provider of an access point solution, we will bundle those services. We don't develop all of them ourselves, right? We work with partners, as I said, like Trend Micro and Kujo and F-Secure McAfee. And we put those solutions into the access point itself for the consumers. The consumers can choose to, to opt in or buy those if they want to, right? If they're, um, if they're concerned about uh, those um, services. You'll often see people, for example, I'm not sure if your own laptop there has a sellotape over the, uh, some tape over yeah. the camera. Yeah, so, so about 30%, I, my, my own analysis is about 30% of people, you know, cover their camera on their laptop because they are concerned about privacy, right? And those consumers typically will also value home privacy, right, in terms of tools and solutions that will keep their, their stuff in their home from transmitting to the cloud, right, without them really knowing about it. So we've, right. we've, been, lo we've been looking a lot at that, actually, in terms of using our gateway position as well to be able to you know determine if any cameras are transmitting um, you know based on patterns through the gateways including your tvs which have cameras right your your, your smartphones tablets and and uh, other devices and also audio streaming right a lot of the new yeah. smart speakers are, are are doing audio streaming consumers are concerned that they're listening so you know a company like rs comscope can key, look at the gateway and actually see if there's patterns of constant activity from say an audio an audio input device that's being streamed uh, to the cloud just alert the user that the device is 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 on all the time which may be a valid kind of application but um, invariably uh, consumers are getting more interested in figuring out what's leaving yeah. their home right so that's a that's a big part and wi-fi is wi-fi is enabling it to happen you know from ring doorbells outside your home to external cameras right you have to keep an eye on all this stuff in terms of uh, what it's transmitting and when it's transmitting yeah, consumers are definitely asking these questions. I mean, you're seeing it. You're seeing it more in the systems that you download into your, um, as you mentioned, you know, your, your computer or your smartphone. Um, you know, alerting you that somebody wants access to this. Somebody wants to see that. And, yeah. Um, I think that's not because. Um, I mean, I think that's because consumers are starting to say, "I, I want to know that." I want to. Know yeah, that. and. Exactly, and I think the you know one of the things to get on the Wi-Fi side of things as well, right? The. Uh, the applications for cameras and security, and particularly external cameras, be it doorbells or external to your home, those really stretch the limits of Wi-Fi, right? The, you know, the, the attenuation through the home from the access point to the, the wall itself is usually you know, a range problem, but then when you think of the wall, it's the brick wall itself you know, attenuating even more, and then cameras right at the edge and corners of homes. So we, we are finding that the security cameras and wireless Wi-Fi security cameras are driving a lot of demand for better Wi-Fi solutions because the way Wi-Fi works is that when a camera or anything is at edge of range, the, the way you know, Wi-Fi works by trying to send the most bits over the strongest signal and then it actually takes the same amount of time to send the least amount of bits over the weakest signal. So if you have cameras at the extreme edge of range they're taking up as much bandwidth as something that's really high speed locally or close to the AP. So in Wi-Fi wi engineering, you want to not have what we call these bad apples. You don't want to have a lot of devices right at the edge of range doing a lot of transmission because they're going to take up a lot of the airtime to transmit. Mm -hmm. So by having a really good uh, coverage solution in your home, by adding a second extender, 
and um, particularly if you have external cameras and doorbells that just pays dividends for everybody in the family right not only does your external camera work well when you're you know trying to trying to catch the ups guy about yeah. to leave because you haven't signed the uh, package right and um, but it also makes sure that if you have a hd 4k security camera that when you go to look at those recordings to zoom in on someone's face um it's not you know pixelated or not lower bit rates right and that's right. A, key, that's a key, a key service so you know one tip for consumers never skimp on wi-fi right that's been the message that we've always given i mean you know wi-fi is so critical to the home and you know people don't even talk about the internet anymore they talk about my wi-fi is gone right even if it's right. an internet connection it's the worst thing exactly so i mean oh, no, everybody everybody can't afford sort of you know the sort of higher end devices but when you consider purchasing for the home and you want something to really pay dividends and not have you not have you uh, you know struggling with issues on your other applications just spend if you know just spend a little bit more on on the wi-fi solution and it pays dividends usually right I'm just saying that for Halloween, I saw a friend of mine who's going to, if he's watching this, well, we'll I'm stealing this, but uh, he carved his pumpkin with a Wi-Fi symbol, like, out, because it's the most scariest thing that you can imagine in the world, is, you know, Wi-Fi. So there's new, there's new Halloween smart um, devices that are Wi-Fi based, wow. Yeah, exactly. Well, listen, thank you so much for coming on and uh, talking with us a little bit about Wi-Fi 6 and giving us some information about that. And, um, you know, we really appreciate it. And if we have questions that come through, we'll definitely continue. Oh, we have one more we have a question. Uh, oh, that is a good question. Um, really quickly, do do you think consumers should be buying their own Wi-Fi 6 router or should they be maybe renting one? Is there a preference for one or the other? Does it matter? That's, that's a really good question. I mean, from a Comscope RS perspective, we're the world leader of supplying um, Wi-Fi gateways to the service providers like Comcast, AT&T, Verizon. Right. Um, we're also the first with a retail Wi-Fi 6 device in the market. So what we see, we typically see the service providers um, improving their Wi-Fi game, right? Service providers want to be able to offer new services to consumers, so they're putting more investment into the Wi-Fi side of their uh, own gateways and routers and also extension. So you'll see, you know, a couple of them have launched Wi-Fi 6 devices. Every single one of them will have a Wi-Fi 6 solution next year. And um, what tends to happen though is that the retail business is first out on new technology and early adopters then when their service providers don't have a Wi-Fi 6 option for them, they'll go to retail or Amazon and buy a Right. By, by a Wi-Fi 6 device because the service provider doesn't have one for them. So it's, it's this mix that we try and fill in, right? We believe that consumers, you know, want choice themselves, like to spend a bit more on a better device than maybe their service provider is able to give them. Um, and we, we facilitate that then with a retail play. But at the same time, we do see the service providers trying to keep them on their own um, devices because... If, if a consumer puts a retail router in and that's the, that's the service provider out, they may not be able to offer IoT services or other things through the, the third-party router. Um, I would okay. give, I would, before we go, I would give one shout-out too, though, that there is maybe a crossover opportunity because recently within the WFA, we all got together and we created what was called the EasyMesh standard. And EasyMesh was a protocol that allowed any routers or APs to talk to each other so they can all speak the same language. So whether it's one it was from Aris or somebody else, it, it should all talk to each other. And that's an opportunity then where we have seen interest in the service providers to be able to um, be able to offer a connection point to somebody's own third-party purchase device and allow that device then to be used in, in both service provider mode and 
also leverage the features that are uniquely put in by Aris uh, or whoever in the retail router. So the Easy Mesh standard, I think, can allow a crossover where a consumer who buys their own device because they, they, they want to spend a bit more or they have a preference for a certain type of device, they can still potentially get that to work within the service provider entire meshing solution with the Easy Mesh pro protocol if it's supported by the service provider and the retail device. So that's, that's a, a unique opportunity, I think, for uh, a more cohesive meshing solution that allows the retail and service provider devices to blend together versus today they're really two kind of islands from each other. Yeah. So it sounds like it really is a preference for the consumer. It really just depends on whether they want to move in faster and get something before their, their service provider is ready for it. But in the future, they'll be able to do that and also still maybe potentially take advantage of things that are being provided for them yeah. and with their own device. So it's yeah, exactly. kind of a personal preference. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Okay. Well, thanks again. Um, Thank you. We will reach out definitely with questions if we get some more. Um, I'm glad that one came in before we had to say goodbye. So, but thanks so much, and thanks everybody for joining us. Um, and uh, you know, go ahead and reach out to Eris if you have your own questions as well. But you can definitely send them to us, and we'll get them to Charles, and we'll get some answers for you. So, thanks everyone, and thanks Charles. Thank you again. Thank you. Bye.